This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Now, back to your tech report. We are back in your tech report. Thank you guys for being with us each and every single week. Make sure I think I need to rescript that. I think I do that Why? way too many times. It's like it's a crutch. It's like a. We should it just isn't. rewind. It should be more like, welcome back to your tech report. Let's get into our next segment and our next. No, no, that's too aggressive. No, you know, right? I think it's like comfort food. People like yeah, knowing we're going to be there for them every week, whether they want them or not. <laughs> Hopefully they do want it. So there you go. Oh, I hear voices in my head. Who's yes, laughing, Mitchell? Who's head. laughing? It, well, you know, Mark, uh, our next guest has become a friend of the show, I'm happy to say. And now, Mark, I don't want you to get jealous or get upset okay. because, you know, I love you. We've been, we've been friends for years. I, he is one of my favorite people to talk to, not just on the radio show, but just an interesting, fun, genuinely cool person, really fun to talk to. And I'm talking about the man behind Stonemeyer Games, Jamie Stegmeyer. Jamie, have you gotten tired of us yet? I mean, I know you're here, so that sort of gives half the answer, but thank you for, I, I appreciate that you keep coming back. Let's put it that way. I'm always happy to chat with you. And and yeah, it's, it's been wonderful to, to know you on, on in this format and also know you behind the scenes as a friend. Um, I, I can see why Mark is jealous about it. I, I totally get that. Just out of curiosity, <laughs> Jamie, does he call you often? I'm just because Mitchell's down to like when he needs something, he calls me. That's kind that's of the, that's all I get these days. Don't tell him. I'm that. just that's wondering right. if you guys have a better relationship. Do I need to move? <laughs> is it a U.S. Canada thing? I really, I'm trying to get the gauge here. No answers. Nothing. I've only given Mitchell my fax number, so he can't. He Thank can't call God. me. He can't email I'll me. Talk yeah. about old yeah. school. Yeah. Then I make a mimeograph <laughs> of the conversation. I print it and then I fax it. Um, before we get started. Um, uh, if you were from, first of all, if you're not familiar with Stonemeyer Games, you should be one of the great board game companies that there is putting out fantastic games. Jamie also has a very strong presence on social media, not just promoting his company, but really not promoting his company, really promoting the industry and the board game industry in general. And one of the things that Jamie likes to do when he does his videos, and you can find them on YouTube, uh, Facebook live videos, but one of the things he likes to do is talk about his sweet treat of the day. So in, in, in Jamie Stegmeyer fashion, Jamie, what is your, if, if, well, you know what? It's later there. So what is your treat of the day that you would like to talk about? I actually literally just picked it up a few minutes ago before going live here. Uh, this is my, my girlfriend Megan's birthday month, as it is your yes. it's the last day of your birthday month. We're recording this um, in the past yes. for people listening right now. Right. It's September. And so we have a little, it's really a chain place. It's a cookie chain place called Insomnia. Oh, my God. You, later, you know Insomnia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They deliver at two in the morning. It's fantastic. But go ahead, please. Yeah. Yes. And I, I just ran down the street and got got Megan some some chocolate cookies um, for for her birthday month. The, the last thing that she, uh, I mean, she'll she'll be able to get anything that she wants if she ever wants cookies. I'm happy to go get them. But yeah, it was it was fun to celebrate one last time by getting her some chocolate cookies today. Was it like was it the chocolate chocolate chunk like the chocolate cookie with the chocolate dark chocolate chips in there? Or what? She particularly likes the cookie witches, which is when they put oh. icing in between two cookies. Oh, and so yeah. we have one of those. I think she has like a white macadamia and then a chocolate chip maybe on the other side. Mm. Oh, it's so good. All right, Mark, now. Hang on a second. Wait a second. Is yeah. this not the cookie place you took me to in New York once? This is the cookie. Yes, it's a cookie place that's open. They'll deliver to your, to yeah. your well, in New York, to your apartment. We, no, but we actually went to it. I remember, I remember yes, we were we in New York for a couple. Yeah, we did. It was yes. great. 
Okay, Mark, do you have a sweet treat of the day? Because if you say you don't, I will out you. Because, Jamie, if you didn't know this, I think, no, no, listen, I have, if I ever get arrested, it'll be for international, uh, like, gummy oh, smuggling, international, yeah, yeah. you know, Sour Patch Kids smuggling across the border. So, Mark, what is your sweet treat of the day? Uh, it would have to be the tropical Swedish berries right now. <laughs> My nickname in college, which is very funny. I didn't know they, didn't know they actually made a product like but that. But I've, I've been good. Yeah. I've been good because I can order them on Amazon now. And by the way, Jamie, just to let you know, um, what uh-huh. I normally have Mitchell uh, covertly smuggle me, <laughs> my drug mule with with sweets, are, are strawberry... Sour Patch, um, stra- well, there's just Sour Patch strawberries, right? Sour Patch kids, yeah. But they're not they, kids. They're, they're they're like little strawberries. And, the, oh, okay. and the, the funniest thing is that they're manufactured like four hours away from me in Canada, but you cannot get you them cannot in get this them country. <laughs> yeah. So, so I have to order do? them to California. I order like ten from this target, ten from that target, and then Mitchell sends me like a seventeen pound package that it's normally hard has to lift. like it's shameful it's yeah, shameful it's only like it's, it's like all these candies and then i'll see he'll send me like i don't know like a camera or something in there it's it's yeah, the funniest exactly. thing and they'll it, try it to be duties on the candy it, it's it's funny and sad i do I, I do i feel like his illicit you know candy drug mule it's funny okay so for me uh i'm gonna keep it simple like i kind of tend to like the combination of of marshmallow and chocolate mm. as we all know so it's the trader joe's very simple dark chocolate covered marshmallows they come in like this little cardboard like pink white and brown packaging i'm telling you that see when you go to your local trader joe's we get no commission from this but you can easily find them where they wherever your other retreats at trader joe's are so we should be oh, that sounded really good i should be getting a commission so yeah i was keeping it simple with that but jamie will talk off the air because there's still a lot of like chocolate covered fruits and stuff oh, this cherry sounded so good anyway uh we have a lot to talk about today uh the big news in the gaming industry first of all whenever stonemeyer drops either an expensive a new product, a promo packet, it's big news. So Wingspan um, is one of the most well-reviewed and popular games on the planet. And it, a, a, new, uh, a new expansion has just dropped and you were just started giving all the information and that is Wingspan Asia. So let's talk a little bit about that because you haven't been able to fully talk about that. And if you notice, I respect boundaries. I did not bother you and say, Jamie, wow. tell me more. I, I did. I'm, I'm good like that. So let's talk about Wingspan Asia. Yeah. So today, uh, this I think this podcast is going live on the day that we are announcing, um, well, not announcing, but revealing like the rule book and right. some of the big surprises about Wingspan Asia. Um, in the past here, you're going to find out a little bit really that really the big reveal, and I'll show you the box here. The Ooh. big reveal for Wingspan Asia oh, wow. is that it, for the first time, I think in Stomar Games history, it isn't just an expansion. It's also a standalone game for one to two players. What? And so it has like a bunch of cards that you can add to your copy of Wingspan if you already own it. But it also has a new duet mode where you can um, play with two players. Like it's a new mode specifically built for one or two players, if that's primarily how you play Wingspan. And it also, because we added the components for two players, there's also a new flock mode that lets you play up to six or seven players without adding the playing time that would be necessary if you really wanted to wait for one person's turn one after another for six or seven players. That's the simultaneous thing going on. So those are the two big surprises that we have not revealed. You're finding out early because we're talking about this right now. But I'm so excited to to see how people react to that. I don't really know. How what's your reaction to, to learning that? I think I think if people could see the open mouth, yeah, that would kind of say <laughs> they, that is a, that is huge. That is amazing. I, I love that idea because like you said, it's so much fun to have these to have different options when you play. It's great to add new content to an existing game that you love, but it's 
it's also fun to experiment with different modes and play the games that you love in a different way. And I wonder, because if you watch Jamie's videos, as much as, you know, I think of Stonemaier games, I think of um, inclusivity. Uh, so I think of, you know, and, and I mean inclusive in all ways, uh, player count, uh, player ability, uh, representing different people in your games and in the artwork. Um, and one of the things you talk about, it's funny because all of your games, you know, will play up to like, you know, five or six players, right? So, you know, one of the things that you love in your regular life, not just in Stonemaier games, but you tend to like card games that you could play with one or two people. I know you have a lot of two-player games that you've been enjoying that you've been turning me on to, whether it's uh, Jekyll and Hyde or there is some, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Odin's Raven, is that the other one? So, yeah. So, so I mean, Duel, so the, you told me about Land versus Sea. Yeah, these two-player so games, I think, during the really? pandemic have been really important for connecting, like, with the only person that maybe you can connect with over games at times. So was that part of yeah. the impetus about making this not just an expansion, but also something that could be standalone for two people? That was a big part of it, yeah. And, and like you mentioned, like part of the core philosophy for Stillmire Games is that we make games that can play from one to two players up to five or six players usually, because we want games that you can play as a couple or as a, a housemate or as a friend with a friend, but also play with a larger group. Um, and Wingspan can be played with two players. I played it many times with two players, but we thought this would be an opportunity to, um, for someone who maybe hasn't played Wingspan before, or maybe they play a lot with one other person, they can choose this duet mode if they want to just focus on a new type of interaction using this map on the table that you kind of fill in as you play birds with that one other person that you're playing with, or just solo. I don't play games solo much myself, but there's a big solo gaming community. That's a big part of the community now. I've, I've become kind of solo curious. I mean, I think for mm -hmm. me, and I, I think we've talked, it's a, I've become solo curious. That doesn't sound <laughs> creepy at all. Um, I, and I know we've talked about this off the air before, but one of the things that I think drew me in, you know, I, I was a big board gamer when I was younger. I sort of got away from it as I got older. I got more into the video games and other stuff. And I, and I missed the social, the, not just the social, because you can be social online. You could be social mm -hmm. playing a video game with your friends with a, you know, headphones on, but the in-person, yeah. that human interaction uh, yeah. that is something that always drew me in and the flexibility of being able to have that experience with different numbers. So I, I, I yeah, just, just being able to have that personal experience. And again, having that two player card game, it just, it brings something totally different to the table, literally. And now you, it's funny you said, what's my reaction? I immediately, my face lit up because having that, having that ability and turning this into something completely different, I'm just, I'm, I'm like stammering here. I'm completely blown away. And you haven't meant, you mentioned before that you had some big news, but you weren't ready to share it yet. This is actually uh -huh. huge news. I think people are really going to go nuts for this. I think people are going to love this. I hope so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious partially because I think most of the people that will hear this news, at least directly from me, will be people who will be people who already own Wingspan. And so in some ways, this news is hopefully exciting because they get to play Wingspan in a new way. But also for many of them, it'll just be a bunch of new cards that they shuffle into their game. Um, but we really are hoping like we made we made many, many copies of this game of this expansion and slash game. Um, that it will be another way to welcome people into Wingspan if like if they only play with two players and they don't want to spend $65 on a game, right. this will cost less than that. We don't, you know, it'll vary based on where you buy it, but it's a little bit more accessible that way in, two, in terms of cost if that's how you play your games. You know what? Yeah. Speaking of welcoming new people in, I mean, yeah. this is going to be like the most awkward segue ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, what would a new expansion be without being able to welcome it 
into a new living place, into a new living space. You see how I did that? <laughs> I, I really tried hard to get, you know, the nesting box. Yeah, I really, I, it was it was a reach. I get it. It was a total reach. But uh, you have been doing an amazing job of uh, also creating uh, new spaces for your games, new boxes, new ways to store your games. Because as new, listen, there are some games that get put out knowing there's going to be a bunch of expansions. So it ships in a box that has room for stuff. But honestly, when you're making a new game, and this is something we can actually talk about, yeah. You don't know where that game is going to take you. Obviously, your games are popular. Uh, the designs are beautiful. You have other designers. You know, this wasn't your design. This is you published the game, but it wasn't your design, right? Uh, right. Elizabeth Hargrave did, Hargrave did this. So, mm -hmm. I mean, gorgeous game. So, how do you know, or what is the, you know, what is the thinking when you put out a game? You don't know how many, some of them you do plan for expansions, others you don't know. So right. is, is that a case what happens where afterwards you end up putting a bigger box out when you realize, hey, we're going to keep on putting more stuff. We have to have a new, you know, hiding place for this. So how does the thinking go at the beginning when you're creating a game for this? It's a great question to think about the, like the, the, the lifetime uh, possibilities for a game and how that can fit into uh, what you're hoping will be a, a cost-effective uh, a value, at least in terms of the value proposition box in the first place. So yeah, it's something that I, it, it's a puzzle every time I create something where I, I, I'm trying to, if especially I'm creating, if in the original box for the game, I have some sort of insert or stored solution in the original box, how do I, do I leave enough, how much space do I leave in that for future components that I right. do or do not know will exist? Sometimes it's easy. If I know a game will just have more cards or if a game is likely to have more cards, I can add space for more cards. But sometimes like with our game, My Little Scythe, um, I didn't really know exactly what the expansion would be. So we kind of left some big gaps in the insert, hopefully, hoping that it could fit into that space. And it, the, the, we almost designed the expansion around fitting. I was that just going to ask that. Have you ever had yeah. to design an expansion based on the space that you allocated for it? That's exactly what I was going to ask. We did. Yeah. Like with my little side, the rich, and actually it helped the designer in some ways. I, I was not the designer of my little side either, but um, it has the expansion has a single airship that all players share. They kind of move it around together. And in the original concept for the expansion, the designer came to me and said, like, uh, I want I want to give every player an airship, but we can't fit that into the insert, can we? And I was like, no, we can't. Like, do you want to? <laughs> and so we kind of talked about it. And that's when we came up with the idea of players sharing the airship, which I think ended up being more fun for the game anyway, a new type of player interaction. So sometimes it leads to some cool stuff. Sometimes right. it feels limiting to do that as well. And that's why we come up with stuff like the nesting box, which is a big box solution to hold everything for wingspan past, present and future. Uh, but I think that's great. I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm a sucker for great storage. And mm -hmm. of course, I can't wait to get my greedy little mitts on it. So I think people appreciate that because like you said, and I think people understand and need to understand that you don't always know where a game will take you. And I think sometimes right. there are games designed, like you said, where, okay, we know we already, we've already created, you know, X, Y, and Z content for the game. We want to make either an added value or have something that can breathe new life into this product over a period of time. So we're going to sort of meet out these expansions over time and we can make an appropriate space for that. But like you said, yeah. that isn't always the case. You don't always know that. And Mark, you've been oddly quiet. And I know why. Why? I know why. Because you're so excited. No, I know why. Because, <laughs> you know, Mark loves to give me my space when it comes to talking board games because he knows I, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, but going back to Wingspan, Mark, again, I, t I try to point out games that I think you would enjoy. Uh, I think this is a game that you would absolutely enjoy. And part of it is because it's a relaxing... Listen, my one of my metrics for a great game is a game that you don't mind losing. And for me, you know, my, the Stonemeyer games that, you know, I love playing, which is mostly all of them, um, 
I don't mind losing. It's about having an experience at the table and having a great time, relaxing and fun and not that cutthroat, I've got to win. It's not all about winning. It is is very much about the experience. And I think part of that is the beauty of the game too, the artwork. And I think this game is very well known for its artwork. So talk about the art design a little bit because I know, and I know you have in your your house there, you've been given by the artists these beautiful, you know, one of a kind prints of the actual birds that are in the game. And the game is so beautifully done. It really, the aesthetic of this game really adds to sort of the relaxed nature of the gameplay itself. So talk a little bit about that, because I think the artwork in this game is one of the most beautiful, you know, beautiful artwork ever done in any game. I appreciate you saying that because the, the artists have spent probably thousands of hours at this point in, wow. in making the birds in Wingspan. I think we have with this expansion now, it's got to be close to maybe 400 birds. And Anna and uh, Natalia spend at least 10 hours crafting these and illustrating these birds by hand. They use colored pencils to do so, and they go into Photoshop and edit them afterward or touch them up a little bit. But every one is, uh, it's usually about the size of a piece of paper and uh, it takes them, they they put like detail into every little feather on these birds. And they spend time like finding the right bird and asking the photographer, can they use this image that they took of the bird? So they they are really uh, incredible people, incredible to work with. And they sell their prints on their website, Red and Blue Designs. I think it's redandbluedesigns.com or maybe just Red and Blue Designs. And um, they sell the prints. And sometimes when they're when they're feeling like it, they also sell the originals. And that's what I'm lucky to have oh, on my yeah, wall. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. I have a few of the originals. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, and I actually do want to mention one other thing about what you said about Mark there. Um, Wingspan, since we last talked, Wingspan went live on another digital platform, oh, wow. Board Game Arena. So the, there's a full digital version of Wingspan, but if you ever, you or anyone who knows Wingspan ever wants to teach a friend from across the world how to play Wingspan, they can jump on Board Game Arena and uh, and, and show them how to play. It's a it's a digital platform. It kind of looks See? like the game is on the there's table. The, for there's the answer for me. Yeah. It's like audiobooks yeah. versus reading. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, my, you know my, my challenge okay. here is that, you know, the people in which I play with are, you know, my son who is, t, you know, 12 years old. And the attention span there is just not non-existent. So I have nobody to play with, Mitchell. That's that, my problem. Okay, that's, well, Jamie just took away that excuse by I know, saying we can exactly. play online. Because actually, I believe uh, Wingspan has been on Tabletopia for a while. Has it not, Jamie? I believe it has. Because I yeah. think that might have been my first playthrough was a learning playthrough on Tabletopia before oh, cool. I actually played it in person. And it just, you know... It, first of all, it also it's it's a lot of fun. It's a, as Jamie said, it's a great way to learn a game. Any digital platform, it's a great way to connect with people that you can't connect with in person. It's a great way to learn. It's a safe environment to teach the game, and I think it makes it that much more exciting when you do meet in person. Because again, and it sounds like I'm you know I, I can't stop talking about Stonemaier Games, but it's it is a great company. It's not my fault. Um, but you know one one of the things that Stonemaier is known for is just great quality components. You know you don't have to get a deluxified version of a, of a Stonemaier game to have a deluxified experience because they all have great components. So I think once you have the digital experience, having that tactile experience, um, and of course, then I upgrade the bits like a crazy person. But yeah, I, I think, Mark, this would be a really thing, th- really fun thing for us to do online. I will teach you this game. It is really, it is it is great, and it's just going to make you want to play some more. Um, Sold. Yeah, good. That, 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 that was an easy sell. Um, there's some other stuff that, that's been going on. And, you know, I think when people hear this, uh, you know, both on SiriusXM and in podcast form, I think the event itself will be over. But that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, September, the month of September marked the 10 year anniversary 
of Stonemaier yeah. Games. So first of all, congrats. There you go. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Uh, talk Thank about, you. I mean, you've talked about the company and, uh, you know, how it started, but talk about the journey 10 years later, uh, looking back on that, you know, that was it the first Kickstarter. Was it Viticulture was the first Kickstarter that was done? Yeah. Um, that yeah, brings us to today. Yeah. I mean, what does it yeah. mean? Do you, do you look back and say, wow, that went fast, or man, I'm glad we got through that, better times ahead, because, I mean, it's been a great <laughs> ride, I'm sure, but what is, what is give, give us a little perspective on that 10-year anniversary mark for you. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty incredible to me, because when I created Viticulture to put on Kickstarter, I started working on Viticulture back in 2011, put it on Kickstarter, it funded in 2012, and then it delivered in um, in spring of 2013. It, uh, it was just a game like it wasn't a vision for a company it was just i i, I was enamored by kickstarter and i was enamored with game design and, and, and the game industry and so it, i i did not i had no idea that it would that it would build in the way that it has um and it's just been it, it, i i'm very lucky to have a career that i that i truly love i i, I love coming into my home office and, and working every day and, and interacting with people and i really have found so much joy in trying to bring joy to tabletops worldwide in whatever way that manifests. Oftentimes it is through the games, but there are, you mentioned the social media and other ways that I talk about games and game design and entrepreneurship, all those things I, I hope can bring joy and value to people. And it's been neat exploring that over the years, because in the beginning, it was just one game to a couple thousand people. Yeah. And now it's, you know, Wingspan has sold 1.6 million copies from another designer. So that, like, I didn't know that I would someday start working with other designers. Um, so yeah, there are so many surprises along the way. It, it, it has to be incredible. I mean, I look at the library of games, uh, the success of all of these games. Um, it really, it really, first of all, it's a testament to you and what you've put into this, but also it's nice to know that people have embraced the company, embraced you and individually, and of course the games individually. And, you know, we talk about people that are sort of different in the world of create in the world of creators and I just don't mean board game creators I mean technology creators creators of different things all around and we we tend to cover a lot of technology on this channel obviously and we talk about people that have greater concern than just their business it's they have a bigger concern for their not just their own company but the business you know in general and I said this at the beginning oh is that Walter or Biddy walking by I have to take a little look. That's Walter. That's Walter. Hey, Walter. Um, and you, we talked about at the beginning of this interview that you really have given back, and it seems you take as much joy wanting to put the industry forward, the game, board game industry, and not just your company. And a great example of that is uh, during your anniversary celebration, not only did you give a great discount uh, on everything on the Stonemaier website, but you're like, you know what? I also des designed this one to two player cooperative card game uh, called Smitten, and I'm just going to give you that for free whenever you order anything. So you just yeah. designed a game and gave it away for free. Uh, talk about <laughs> loving the industry and wanting to bring more people and talk a little bit about Smitten because I haven't gotten my copy yet. I can't wait to try it. What is Smitten? Tell us about it. Yeah, well, thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, I... Um... Smitten has taken a couple different forms over the last year or so as we were thinking about what to do for the 10th anniversary celebration. But the end form of it, as you said, is a one to two player cooperative game um, that 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 I designed as a way of celebrating the people who have supported us over the last 10 years. Really, I mean, I, I've said this multiple times in various forms, but um, my company wouldn't exist without the support of people. And hopefully the value goes both ways. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to, to make something little, make something that it's our most environmentally friendly product uh, by far so far, because it's just 18 cards, a rule book and, uh, and the packaging. 
and there's no plastic at all. Uh, we, we, we're trying to re remove plastic from our games. And yeah, for the entire month of September, it'll be too late for when people are hearing this, but we still will have Smitten on our website for, for nine or $10 after that point. Um, but yeah, we gave it away to anyone who ordered uh, throughout throughout mid-September on to the end of September and through October 1st. It'll go till, till uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not speaking in good podcast podcast talk there because <laughs> we're in the future now. No, yeah. no, that, that's okay. And that, you know, you always have me thinking, you know, I always, when I watch the videos, you always talk about, and that's another thing. And again, that transcends just the board game industry, but trying to be uh, ecologically responsible um, in a time when we really need that. And so, you know, I'm watching the video and, you know, Jamie's talking about, you know, the challenges of, okay, we know the plastic, you know, not exactly biodegradable friendly, but, you know, we'd be trying different forms of paper, but paper presents its own challenges because if you do the artwork on top of paper that wraps a box and the paper gets damaged, are people not going to want to buy, bring that box into their home because they want to save the paper? It creates so many different challenges. So I'm sitting there and as I'm watching my head, my head starts going I'm like, huh, I have to solve this for Jamie. What can I tell him? <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, what about rice paper? No, that's as soon as it got wet, it would start to taste like a bowl of wet rice paper. And I'm going through all these uh -huh. like, you know, things in my mind, like how and it is. It's a problem to solve. And I think one of the things that you had talked about, which you had solved on your own, which was having, you know, a glossy sheened box uh, that is <laughs> water, you know, that is moisture friendly with, you know, little small, yeah. uh, you know, adhesive tabs on all four sides so that seems like a good right. solution to work too and there's between two cities essential edition yeah you can kind of see the glossiness for those of you watching there's some glossiness on this box of between two cities additional uh, edition it has a, a gloss varnish like you said here where instead of putting shrink wrap on it we put little stickers on the sides and because it's a gloss finish the stickers can come off easier the whole th i mean but the the tricky thing about all this is that board gamers uh including myself we display our, our games. And so the boxes are part of the game itself, even though you rarely use the box when you're playing. And so keeping the box in very good condition is often very important to many gamers. And so that's that's the challenge here. Do we stick something to the box that could leave some residue behind? Do we, do we use shrink wrap, which we know is just gonna be thrown away right away? Do we try this paper solution? Um, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing puzzle, but um, but we're working on it. And you're trying. You're always you're always doing yeah. different things to try and be responsible, and which I which I think is wonderful. Um, there's something, and, and Mark, I'd like to hear your I'd like to actually hear your thoughts on this too, because this is something that sort of occurred to me over the last week. Uh, it's it's very interesting running a company in the public eye. And I think it can be a double-edged sword because of the accessibility that people have to you through social media, through your videos. And, you know, we've talked about this over the last week, you know, off the air as well, with social yeah. media and how it is a double-edged sword. And we both experience yeah. things with that. But talk a little bit about what it's been like, because I really do believe there is a double-edged sword to it. Yes, there is that communicative nature of people feeling that, oh, I know Jamie, I know the company, and I have some input to what happens. But at the same time, I think you've been very good over the years and through your videos of also setting boundaries and letting people know, okay, here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do. So talk about the challenge of running a business in an age where people have that sort of accessibility yet really not. And the challenges and the good side that goes along with that. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many facets to it. Um, one of the things that was on my mind actually just this morning, um, was uh, no, it was yesterday. I got I got an email from someone asking for some some advice for uh, for a project that that they're about to run. And a long time ago, I, a long time ago, I used to reply to those emails, and I still reply to them. But now I really try to get people to ask those questions in a public forum somewhere so that we can have that discussion publicly. Um, I 
I value their time. I also value my time. And I figure if I can answer those questions in a public forum, whether it's on our website, on Facebook, on a, on a Facebook Live, on Instagram, somewhere, anywhere public, then maybe one other person might benefit from, from it too, or someone else might chime in with a different perspective. Or um, And so I really, that's one thing I've learned over the years that, uh, that as much as I want to just type out the answer real quick to them, I probably have already answered that question somewhere. And so I might, I might go to a blog post and I might link that post in the answer and say like, check out this blog post. I've already written about that topic. I appreciate your question. And if you want to talk about it more, let's talk about it in the comments there. So that's just one little piece of the puzzle, but that's something I figured out that has changed over the last 10 years. Have you, have you experienced anything like that where someone, maybe they ask you a bunch of questions privately that could be asked publicly? And uh, how do you steal? What, what, what do you do when you- I when deal you with that on a daily basis. Yeah, either of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mark deals with a lot more than I do, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I deal with it on a daily basis, but I also yeah. found myself on the opposite end of the coin. Um, uh, you know, a weird example is my daughter's in the ringette league. Okay, so that's you know, like uh, for those of you who don't know what ringette is, basically Mo- ice most hockey people don't know what that with is a yeah, ri- yeah. with a ring on the ice instead of um, a puck, and uh, and it's uh, it's a girl sport. And I'm new to the league, and I have so many questions, and they're not very good at communicating in general. And when they send stuff out, it's like they assume that everybody knows everything. So I'm constantly, constantly, constantly sending in questions. And I, I reached out to the commissioner saying, you know what? I'm new. I'm sorry that I'm asking the questions, even though I shouldn't be sorry that I'm asking the questions. But perhaps these questions that I'm asking you would be a great FAQ on your website so that you can point people say, you know what? All the questions that you could possibly think of are going to be here. And if you just accumulated these and let people ask the questions and put the question and the answer there the first time you get the question, you would save yourself so much energy. But not only that, but you'd empower the people who have the questions to to seek out the answers and not have to bug someone. And it's it's funny how people don't do that. I think they don't I don't think they don't think I in general, they don't really think in that direction until someone says, Hey, here's how it's affecting me, here's here's how it could possibly be affecting other people. How can we address this in a way? And and, and, and Honestly, it's going to help this person too yeah. because it's going to stop the deluge yeah. of inform, you know, of, of emails that they're getting asking the same questions. Jamie just addressed that, and you know, I'll get put. You know, for me in the entertainment world, it's a little different. I'm going to bring the analogy to my personal life, where because yeah. you know, I'm a tech person. Mark and I are both tech guys. We tend to be the people that everyone in the family calls, and even if I have a problem, I'll also call Mark, and he might, he might ask me a question, but you know, if there's a tech issue, everyone will email, go, hey, can you tell me how to fix this? Or, uh, so I created this thing, I was like, look, you know I'll always help, I'll come to your house, we're coming over for dinner next week, I'll take care of, I'll fix your internet, well, I'll do it when I come there, no problem, but I created this one rule. This one rule that I created, and, and by the way, let me preface this by saying, no one honors this or sticks to it whatsoever. And I've and I must I've said it like ad nauseum. Okay, I've said it at least a dozen times to every in the most loving way. I'm like, mom, dad. It's like, do me a favor. Whenever you and here's what I always say. Whenever you have a question, think about the you know think about the the natural way you'd ask the question. Like, why is my computer? Why is my Mac computer turning off every night uh, for like 30 minutes? Whatever the the most basic way you would ask me the question, ask it in Google. And if the answer doesn't come up in the first five answers. Mm. I'll be there. I'm your guy. I'll be able to fix anything. No problem. Mm-hmm. I still get, 
how come my foot is wet today? Ah, just Google it. So what I'll end up saying, <laughs> and I try to do it in a nice way. I try not to be a jerk. It's my family. It's my friends. I love them all. So I'll say, I'll like, oh, so what was the question? Okay, so why does your Apple Watch, uh, why can't I, you know, get back to the homeschooling Apple Watch? I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just, let me Google this for a second. And I say it out loud to try and, uh, you know, yeah. to try and reset. It, Jamie, it doesn't matter. They still will not Google it. I'm like, <laughs> no, why is my, and like, I was like, look, there's the answer, right? There's not funny. Like, oh yeah. So can you help me fix it? I'm like, yeah. sure. Yeah, I can, I can help you fix well, it. Well, Mitchell, you and I have this conversation all the time. We're like, <laughs> we tell people, like we've gotten to the point where it's like, type it, type it the same way you're going to ask me. <laughs> type it into a Google search. If yeah. you then don't get the result and the answer, I'm, I'll gladly help you. But if you're not going to put that effort into it, then I'm charging you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get that, mom? Do you get that, mom? Yeah. And by the way, ask me the question with pants on. Oh, you know what? First of all, in my in my defense, I cannot control what my dad is or isn't wearing when he has text. Jamie, this is, this is like a story my for off the air. Mitchell, just like my mother-in-law, Mitchell. Jamie, this is a story for off the air, but please remind me at some point about okay. my dad needing help with his audio software, Mark jumping on a Zoom call, and my father not having pants on. That's all I'm going to say to you. I think Jamie's already turning around. I think he knows where this is going, but he's like, I'm like, Dad, camera up, camera up, camera up. We're like yelling. It was, the, it, it was to this so day, funny. Oh, it was genius. It was um, great. <laughs> so we were, we were just talking about, of course, if, you, if you're just joining us now, we were talking to the man behind Stonemeyer Games and so much more, so active in the social board gaming community and helping other designers. Jamie Stegmeyer has joined us on the show. We were just talking about not only Wingspan Asia, the latest expansion to Wingspan, which we now just learned. Breaking news here. It has its own uh, one to two play, player variant in the box that can be played solo or with a friend as Jamie holds yeah. up that gorgeous artwork with some sort of Asian peacock. What is it's that? A peacock. It's a, it's a yeah. gorgeous bird. But it wasn't. And then we talked about, of course, after the expansion, we mentioned the fact that uh, you were you were giving away, you know, copies of a new game that you had designed, Smitten, which I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to playing. But there were also other things. Uh, there were three new promo packs. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, with three new promo packs that you released um, for Rolling Realms. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about those because we want people to have the full Stonemeyer experience here. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, so there's a. Uh, a section of gaming called living card games, um, where uh, they they're basically games that that expand over the over time by adding more cards to those games. And I stumbled into one essentially where I, I designed a, a game where you use a random combination of three cards every time you play. Um, all players use the same three cards. And I, I've re I realized over time, this is a game that uh, that that we could add to by adding more cards very easily, since all players are using the same three cards. As, as long as we we give one card per player, we can do that. And we've started working with other publishers um, to create these cards based on their games. So not only are we kind of uh, expanding the universe of this living card game that we made called Rolling Realms, but we're also sharing our love, um, as I like to do, as we've talked about, uh, for other games as well. So we have Honey Buzz, which is from uh, from a designer who's also a friend of mine who plays disc golf with me here in town in St. Louis. Wonderful game, Honey Buzz. Uh, you have to let me know after, after I said these, if you played any of these, there's a feast for Odin, which oh, is a very man. heavy game for one of my favorite designers, Uber Rosenberg. And then I have a realm based on, uh, based on Smitten, the, the, the one to two player card game. Have you played, you haven't played Smitten yet. Have you played a feast for Odin or honey bus? I have not played a feast for Odin. I don't own it, but I would like to a big, you know, holidays coming for anyone's listening. And I have <laughs> honey buzz right up there. It's so you yeah. can't see it, but it's oh, right Mitchell. next to Atlantis Rising and Everdell. They're stacked, and I have right next to my little Stonemeyer office stack. So yes, uh, and um, I, I, I'm very much looking for. Just you know what, I was drawn in. I, I'm a, you know I'm a sucker for great components. Those squishy, yeah. 
the, the squishy pieces. I couldn't resist. I had to get the game, and it turns out, <laughs> I read the rule book. It looks amazing. It looks like so much fun, so I can't wait to play. Yeah. It's a great game. It's a, it's a really great game, yeah. So, I mean, so we have the expansions, and then you took one of your other games, Between Two Cities. Now, you did this with Viticulture, okay? Basically, you took Viticulture, and and instead of putting out, and I think now moving forward, you basically, the Essential Edition is what exists on the Stonemaier website, correct? So, it's an Essential Edition that had sort of um, the best of, the best of the main game mixed with the best of uh, the Tuscany expansion in one box, Right. The original Tuscany, yeah. The Tuscany, Tuscany is now its correct, own separate correct. thing. There's no, yes. but yeah, they're very original. You can still Tuscany, get that is, separately, yeah. obviously. So tell us yeah. about between two. I'm guessing between two cities is a similar thing, correct? It's fairly similar. For viticulture, it was partially trying to recalibrate what the what the best first experience with viticulture okay. was. Um, for essential, for between two cities, essential edition, we. Um, part of it is that uh, we, this was the first game that we published that wasn't from wasn't designed by me. And at the time we were looking to have a vast, not a vast, but a uh, a varied portfolio of games, like some games that played in, in three hours and some games that were really light and played in 10 minutes. And we realized over time that we we kind of focus on, um, on a certain type of game that's usually plays from around 45 to, to 90 minutes. That's usually our sweet spot for games. And in recent years, we realized as we were kind of selling through our latest print run of Between Two Cities, Between Two Cities is a game that plays in about 20 minutes. So it doesn't really fit into that in the sweet spot of what we're known for. And so we combined the expansion for the game into uh, the core game. This is one of several reasons, but that was one of the the first parts of it into the into this uh, this the, the core game. And so for anyone who already has Between Two Cities, you already have. Uh, or and especially if you have the expansion, you already have everything in this box. Gotcha. Um, or an equivalent of it. But um, yeah, it's kind of a combination of the, the expansion of the core game for a new good first experience of the game. And and again, Mark, uh, Between Two Cities, Between Two Castles, <clears throat> games I think both you will love. Um, and I'll, I'll explain to that, Mark, um, off the air because, you know, <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to learn about this stuff. Okay, so Jamie, I know we're limited on time. Before we let you go, we always talk about what you're playing right now. I know yeah. you play a lot of games, and God bless you, you make me buy a lot of games because the videos you share, I'm like, oh, if Jamie likes it, I know I'm going to like it. What are you playing right now? Well, just the other day, game night, I played a new-to-me game called The Siege of Rundar. Have you heard of The Siege of Rundar by any chance? Yes, I ha- I have heard of it. I have yeah. heard of it. So it's a game from, from those who don't know the, the gaming world, there's a game designer called Reiner Knizia, a German designer who has designed, I think, over 500 games at this Amazing. point. He's a very prolific designer um, and consistently good games too. He has one of my favorite games, Ra, is in his lineup. Um, but he designed this cooperative game. And usually his games are a little abstract. This game is very, uh, very not abstract at all. It feels like a tower defense game that I think a lot of people know from their mobile game experiences where you're fighting hordes of some sort of bad guy. In this case, it's orcs. And uh, I had a great time playing that game night the other day with, with three other players. Four-player game, cooperative, working together. We lost, but we still had a lot of fun playing. See, that's the sign of a. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. a, a sign of a good game is one that you don't mind losing because the experience is so good. And uh, by yeah. the way, I have seen this game played. It has a great table presence. It looks really cool. Yes. People see it and go, "What is that?" And then everyone's having fun. Yeah. And the fact that it's cooperative and it looks so good, so I have to try it. Just so you know, I have to tell you, thanks to a little nudge from you, Crokinole has become a new oh, obsession yeah. for me. Um, and I got this great board from Brown Castle Game. I mean, just amazing. And now, now I'm totally into it. I'm ordering custom discs. I have a New York Rangers logo that goes in the middle of my board. Of I'm, I'm totally do. all in. Yeah, I know. I know, Mark. It's it's sad. It's sad. I'm a sad little man. There's nothing Jamie, sad I can't, about it. I, I know. I, I love my Rangers. And it's hockey season again. So, you know, I'm doubly excited. Jamie, 
uh, I thank you not only for coming back, but for continuing to come back. Uh, I thank you for sharing that amazing news. Wingspan Asia. Uh, people will be able to order it soon. Do we know? Do we have a date for that? We just want to wait and find out when it happens. It's we're saying early November. I think almost def definitely it'll be the first Wednesday in November. I think that's November second will be when we start accepting pre-orders. Okay, so make people make sure people go to you know StoneMarieGames.com, check out everything. Uh, also, I encourage you again. Again, Jamie does not ask me to talk about this, and he'll always blush. I encourage you to become a Stonemeyer champion. Uh, not only do you get prioritize prioritize shipping, you also get twenty percent off your sales. It's just it's a great it, it's a great thing to be a part of. Uh, I I also feel like it makes me part of this community that helps helps push games forward so become a Stonemeyer champion check out what all the games that Jamie is publishing and designing congratulations on 10 years uh, I, I can't believe that it's been 10 years um, and I kind of look forward to the next 40 because there are a lot more games that I'm waiting for <laughs> and I think what people don't realize is at any given time you were designing several different games in various stages of completion and in various design stages I think you showed without showing the names or revealing anything your your sort of like your roadmap for the next couple of years so people you know don't really know you have a lot of stuff going but when it's ready to be talked about that's when you're going to talk about it <laughs> i can set the boundaries for you too you well done, well done Mitchell. <laughs> jamie thank you for coming on and we look forward to talking to you again soon thanks Mitchell. yeah mark take care thank you for this there's more your tech report after this i'm matt kundle host of the sound off podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.